This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you doing? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before wiener. Delicious Libertius shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Your live fire fun and frivolity show coming to you from Cleveland, Ohio, where we do it live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Also being recorded at the very same time for your podcast pleasure after the fact. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. For video feeds, you can go to slash BBQ Central Show on both Facebook and Twitter. Slash RD Rempy on YouTube. Your three different video feeds, if that's enough for you. Still to come on this show this evening, Weber's Grill Master and Pit Master and Live Fire Expert, Kevin Coleman. Kevin Coleman will be joining us. I'm going to get emails like, why did you say that twice? Once in the first. If if I get that, I will explain it next week. How about that? Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Episode 164. Taking you back to March 2nd, 2010. Steve Foreman was a guest of mine. And we talked with the cow... In Sao to Wow, barbecue restaurant and catering business owner. That's right. Steve is located in Topeka, Kansas. But on March 2nd, 2010, Topeka, Kansas was trying to get Google Fiber run to the city. So they actually legally changed the name from Topeka, Kansas to Google, Kansas back then for some specified amount of time. So if you go back and listen to that best of, or if you really go back and listen to the whole show and wonder why we keep referencing Google Kansas, or, oh, I heard you mention Google Kansas and got on the maps. There's no Google Kansas. I know. It was a ploy to get Google Fiber. I would call Google Ohio in place of Cleveland if we could get fiber, but we can never get fiber here ever. It's never going to happen. Steve was actually a former radio DJ and also did everything else in between that radio world. And due to the restructuring of terrestrial radio back then, found himself out of a job and he had to make a new career for himself. So he bet on Steve and ended up winning. Great story. So you'll enjoy listening to that, boasting the best of. And then when you click on the full show link that's in the show notes and listen to the whole segment, it'll be great. Also, let me remind you that if you want John to put a show together for you, 
Email him, J-O-N, John, J-O-N, at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com. All right, so I told you I would give you my take on the Mo case on interview at the top of the first hour. I'm sure many of you are baited to breath at this point, waiting for me to do it. But guess what? I am not. Andrew, you are not. The I am not going to give you my take. Of course, I'm just kidding. I will give you my take. Uh, as I said in the first hour, I will go ahead and do this at this point in the show. So let's get going first and foremost. You know, I'm not going to harp on the ice chewing. Many, many people pointed it out. I'm going to chalk it up to Mo being in a comfortable setting and really just having a conversation. You know, I don't recall the last guest that enjoyed ice as much as Mo did during the interview. I'll give him that. But there are plenty of folks and guests through the years that rattle a glass of ice or rattle a glass in general or breathe hard into the mic or have a dog bark or kids run into the room or cars pass in the distance or a storm that's happening on their back porch. The list literally goes on. Honestly, until I listened back to it, I didn't even really notice that it was happening during the interview last Tuesday. But to be forthright, I was actively listening to what Mo was saying so I could ask the right follow-up questions. But yes, I heard it after the fact, and I know most of you heard it as it was going on. I talked to Sean Walchef hours ago and asked him, What's the one thing that you notice? Because I thought he, he, Sean didn't even notice that there was ice chewing going on. So not everybody noticed. Uh, most of you did and were happy to weigh in with me on that. And as I mentioned before, reaction to the segment ran 50-50. So if you already liked Mo going into the show last Tuesday, nothing that he did and nothing that he said turned you against him during those segments. Likewise, if you weren't a fan of Mo going into last Tuesday, he didn't do or say anything that now made you a fan of his. So, in repetition, you like Mo, you still like Mo. You didn't like Mo, you still don't like Mo. Smoke and Joe's Barbecue Pit still likes Mo. Now, Mo has a pretty healthy dose of self-confidence, undeniable. If you didn't know him prior to Tuesday, then maybe you thought he came off a bit arrogant. I'm not personally a fan of telling people how nice of a guy I am or how humble I am. Maybe you can get away with it once right up front in the interview, but I wouldn't be going back to that well personally for a second or third time, but that's just me. To me, that's something that people who talk about you should be saying. They should be extolling your virtues. I don't want to tell people that, but again, totally up to him. The one thing I don't agree with Mo doing, and this is my opinion solely, and as he said, uh, he can have his opinions, we can all have our opinions. That's just the thing, right? As a culture, 
we can have our own opinions and nothing has to change. We can just have our own opinions. But in my opinion, I think uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Mo taking specific shots at other barbecue restaurants. Look, Cleveland isn't a barbecue hotbed. Des Moines is not a barbecue hotbed either. On many occasions, I have said on the show that Cleveland's barbecue scene, on the whole, sucks. But I'm not naming names of the sucky barbecue joints. I don't feel there is any reason to do that, but that's just me. And I think that's where the main issue lies with many of you guys. If Mo says the Des Moines barbecue scene blows from a high level, he skates. If he doesn't name anybody or he doesn't call out Jethro's or Smokey D's, he skates. Or if he calls them out and says, that's good barbecue or I also eat there, he skates. Nothing happens. Now, the heat gets turned up a notch because he's also talking about opening a barbecue restaurant in Des Moines. So... To me, why take shots up front before you're even open? But as he said, it's his opinion. We're all entitled to those. The folks who had an issue with Mo calling out specific places perhaps are incorrectly placing what they would do in that situation. That's fine and dandy, but no one asked you. They asked Mo. He answered in a way that you wouldn't. You don't like it, so you hammer him. But you shouldn't. It's just not how you would have done it if you were put in the same situation. He answered the way he did. That was right for him. Now, as far as the restaurant stuff, I think that there's a difference in what he's doing and the other names that he brought up during the conversation in which he thought were doing it the right way. For instance, John Lewis, Ron Killen, Aaron Franklin, Those folks, uh, this is where the difference to me lies. Uh, Those folks are the owners of the business, or they have a financial stake in that business that bears their names. If it fails, they go out of business. They have a vested interest in making sure that those businesses succeed, not only for them, but for their employees as well. Honestly, that's not the case for Mo, right? That's not the case for him. If that restaurant gets off the ground and fails after three months, it affects Mo zero, no money investment, no stake in the business, no skin financially in the game. The only thing he would stand to lose is whatever monthly percentage he negotiated with the owners and investors of the restaurant. That's it. He would continue on as normal otherwise. By the way, a lot of people with names do that kind of deal. Some of them are right here on this show each and every month. And if I was going to get into the restaurant business, that is the only way I would get into the restaurant business. I will devise the recipes. I will teach the methods. I'll go over the holding processes and serving procedures. And then, peace, make sure my agreed-upon percentage of the gross each month gets deposited into my business checking account, and we're good. Sign me up for that. But I don't want to open my own barbecue restaurant with my own money if I don't have to. I would rather do that deal. So here's uh, two of the takes that I got in various forms that I wanted to address. The first one sounded like this in various forms. How can Mo get hooked up with a restaurant? He's a terrible competition cook. I've won more than he has, and I always finish ahead of him when we're at competition. Hey, that's great. Who cares, though? 
winning in competitions doesn't mean that you're going to be successful in the restaurant business. Also, not winning in competitions doesn't mean that you don't know how to cook good food. Competitions and restaurants are not tied together. They are indeed independent. Mo has never claimed to be the best competition cook. But a lot of you are quick to point out what he hasn't won anything of note and somehow that should turn and dictate his success going outside of the competition circuit. And that's just not a good take. There's no reason that you can tie one to the other and assume if he's not winning anything of note on the competition scene, then if he gets into the restaurant business, is going to fail. You can't tie those together. Here's the worst take of the week. And I'm sad to say I got more than a few of these. Ready for this one? The only reason Mo is getting opportunities is because he's black. Bottom line, that is the worst take ever. You don't like his attitude. You don't like the fact that he was eating ice on my show. You don't like the fact that he doesn't have a lot of great, notable competition circuit wins. The list goes on. Fine. Don't like him for that. But don't bring that weak-ass Moa's Black bullshit to my show. I'm not here for that. I'm not going to subscribe to that. You don't think Mo knows he's black? Trust me. He knows every day of the week that he's black. You don't think that he feels the pressure of that bullshit every day? You know what you don't know? You don't know what it's like to be black every day. So don't give me this weak-ass argument of why he gets opportunities and you don't get jack. I'll tell you why you don't get opportunities. Because you can't sell a TV show. You can't sell a cooking class. You can't generate interest or buzz when your name is mentioned in public. In other words, for as big of a deal as you think you are, you're nobody. You're like me. You're a nobody. I've met Mo in person. Nice guy. Mo has it. This might be a newsflash for some of you, so hang on tight. The majority of the best competition barbecuers in the country are not that great when it comes to personality or charm or charisma, or muchismo, or just flat being interesting. They're not. Mo is, and that's why TV shows will cast him, and radio shows will have him on as a guest. His cooking classes will fill up, and he will be able to sell products. He creates buzz, he can market, and he will continue to win. And you will be a bitter, bitter bitch who plays the race card instead of trying to outwork him. How about that? How about working on working harder and becoming better? Can you do that? Also, work less on being a bigot. Myself and the world, thank you in advance for that. I will continue to welcome your reaction to the Mocase on interview from last Tuesday. The email greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. Kevin Coleman. Kevin Coleman! is in the green room and ready to go. Before we get to that, I will talk to you quickly about Pits and Spits since 1983. They have been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. In that time, establishing itself as one of the premier brands and quality offsets, and more recently, pellet cookers. Pits and Spits has made a name for itself. As a high-quality maker using heavy 7 and 10 gauge steel in every cooker. Fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit. 304 stainless roll-top lids and front shelves on every single smoker. Why does it matter? Well, by using high-quality materials, 
You can reach and maintain temperatures more quickly, allowing you to worry more about the meat and the heat by providing a fully welded smoker. You don't have to worry about grease and smoke leaking out of the barrel or that grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. Now, where some companies focus on being a low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focusing on craftsmanship and quality materials, are there cheaper ways to manufacture? Sure, but Pits and Spits not liking tack welds or cheap stainless or electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of the design and standards. That's not something you're going to find in a product that's brought in from overseas. Their steel suppliers supply materials to be used in some of the harshest environments around, so you know they're going to perform in all conditions. And their controllers are made right here in the States. They have unimpeded transparency into the program. Pitch and Spits has a dealer network across the country, but if there isn't one close to you, feel free to give them a call to shop. Tell Coy I sent you, 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master or a competition team, Pits and Spits is a product for you. You can check them out on their website, all spelled out, pitsandspits.com. Or you can see their pits in the wild across social media with their handle, Pits and Spits. Weber's Grill Master is up next. Are you ready? Let's go. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or a professional or somewhere in between, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them I sent you. Yes, my next guest or first guest in the second hour has shown up on the show over the years talking about Weber stuff and barbecue items in general. We hit the hotline and welcome back Weber's grill master, Kevin Coleman, to the show. Hey, Kevin. Greg, how we doing? Uh, we are doing fine. Appreciate you making time for the show this evening. And uh, we have a lot to talk about here. So uh, first things first, uh, you know, about... A year ago-ish, uh, March 3rd was the last time you were on, actually. You were addressing, or we were, uh, I was asking you a lot of questions and issues that folks were having with the then newly released Weber Smoke Fire. And uh, we are right around, well, I mean, we're, I don't know, a good uh, number of weeks outside of that year launch or whatever it is at this point. So, uh, you know, from a high level, and let's ask it from two different ways, from a Kevin Coleman standpoint and then from you know what you hear from top men and women there in the in the Weber uh, uh, in the Weber ecosystem, uh, what do you what's the evaluation a year out? Uh, number one, first evaluation, smoke fire was fantastic. Number two, if you've ever been to Smoky D's, Darren and Sherry do a crazy good time. I've been there twice. We went one trip. I was judging the uh, the chili, the world champions of chili. We went to Darren's place twice and. If you don't think they bring flavor and you don't think they bring a good punch to their food, you're out of your mind. One of the things we actually took back, we were inspired by, he does a chicken fried steak with a gravy that we actually did for a board dinner because we were that inspired by what Darren does at his restaurant. So I appreciate opinions, but I like facts too. So let's clear that one up. Smokey D's, very good place. Two, Smoke Fire, 
one of the, if not the most talked about grills in the last 15 years. And Talk, talked about in the I'll, best way possible or just talked about? I mean, when you change the game like we did back in 1985 with our Weber Genesis putting flavorizer bar systems in there, people used to spray the lava rocks with water and there'd be flare-ups and crazy stuff like that. Our smoke fire is different. We allow the same type of cooking system that you would see in a charcoal grill and a gas grill. We've incorporated that into a pellet grill. People haven't seen that model before. They haven't seen the way it cooks. They haven't seen the caramelization and the steering. And so a lot of people were taken back by that. And I love that because when you get a product that produces like it has, now all you see and all you hear is great things about that grill and what it's doing. So personally, I love it professionally. I mean, that's one of the things I cook on more than anything else. Uh, what about from a, a corporate standpoint? Do the, the folks in the in the corner offices think that smoke fire was a win on all accounts then? I think the, the, the corner offices, the people at Weber love the product. They love the fact that we were able to come out with a pellet grill that has changed the game. We love the fact that we came out with a grill that you can go high heat, searing, caramelization, 600 degrees. You can go low and slow, 225, 250, 275. You can control it from your phone. And we were able to do that in such an amazing way. And when you look at the way that that grill responds in all types of weather, you look at how successful our pellets have been with that, the accessories for it. I mean, that grill has been a game changer. And like I said, there hasn't been a grill talked about probably more in the last 10 or 15 years in the smoke fire. And you know what? It produces results like no other pellet grill on the market. And I've cooked on almost every single one of them. So again, personally, professionally, I love that grill because I spent probably two years cooking on it before it even hit the marketplace. And I love how it responds. I love how it cooks. And it's one of those things that I don't care what background you have, you need to have one in. One of those in there. Um, the items that I were seeing as far as uh, hot issues was uh, the feeding of the pellets. There uh, maybe was an insert that was sent out. There also had seemed to be some issue with augers. Um, I don't have one. Uh, I generally go through the Facebook post just to kind of see what's going on. I, I will admit, and I, I did kind of throw out the uh, idea that the only good thing that came out of the coronavirus was the fact that all of a sudden it seemed like the coronavirus hit and everybody stopped talking about uh, the smoke fire issues that they were having. Um, but like, let's talk real here for a second. What, what were the issues that ended up uh, coming out and how... Were they addressed, and how are revisions being manufactured at this point? Because there's a number of people right here in the instant chat that are saying, oh, I'm waiting to hear what Kevin says before I pull the trigger, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, what's, what's really happening? I mean, the thing I love about Weber, and I've been with Weber almost 20-some years. I mean, Jim Steven was, was one of the people. His father started the business. that created a position for me. And I love the fact that we listen to consumers. We constantly engage with them we want their feedback and this has been the evolution of not just the smoke fire it's been the kettle it's been our gas grills and it's, so it's one of those things that when we looked at the smoke fire and you're seeing some things going here people are using it this way this is what was going on we're such the thing i love about weber we're so in tune with our consumer base and we're so focused on consumers that we listen so much that we try to evolve as quickly as they are when it comes to cooking right and so when you see, could it be an auger? Could it be the shoot? Could it be this? Could it be that? We are constantly 24 hours a day trying to look at how do we better products for people. And because we have such an amazing base that we can start moving faster. And that's what we were doing with Smokefire, just like with the Weber Connect, the, the, 
the technology on there is that continues to evolve. It continues to chase greatness when it comes to barbecue. And so if it's the connect, if it's the, the Wi-Fi stuff, if it's the parts in the grill, if it's whatever it is, we are always going to constantly listen to consumers. We're going to constantly look at our products and try to create better things. And so that's what we've been able to do. And we've done that with our flavorizer bar systems. We've done that from our cooking grates back when we used to have stainless steel and just porcelain, not porcelain enamel, but porcelain. And we found that if we can porcelain coat those like you'd see on our Q and all our gas grills now, that people don't have to cure those. And so as fast as we can evolve grilling and as fast as we can make better products for people, we're going to do that. We're going to constantly try to learn from them. And so we were able to do that through uh, social media, through our customer service, through the, the normal channels. And and that's what I've, I've loved about Weber is we constantly want to listen and want to engage our consumers and make better products. And we've been able to do that. And that's important to us. Uh, so if, if you're buying one today, is there anything that looks or feels different than a year ago? You're not going to see anything on the outside looking anything different. We've upgraded the auger system. We've upgraded the chute. Um, and that's going to help people. And for the most part, the what you're going to find is the Weber Connect technology has evolved very quickly. And that's what's made people's lives easier when it comes to cooking because it controls your grill. It allows you to, I mean, basically it'll tell you when to put a steak on, when to flip it, when to take it off. It will tell you pork shoals. It will tell you briskets. We gave you guided grilling. So people that are beginners can really jump into the grilling game so much faster and people that are advanced, we just give you the technology so you can now use that to better and make your lives easier. And so that's what I've loved about that grill is Genesis, our, our Weber Smoky Mountain Cookers, our Summit Kamados, those don't have the technology. So that's a lot of hands-on learning. What we've been able to do is take myself, grill masters from around the world, take all that great knowledge, put it into that Weber Connect. And so it gets you up to speed faster and cook better barbecue. And I think you've even alluded to it where more people are cooking outside. They want an easier track. They want to be able to create great barbecue. And that's what we've been able to do with brilliant, bringing technology into it with the Weber Connect powered by the June OS. And so, you know, fortunately, we've made a grill that people can cook better food on, and that's important to us. All right. Now, you're throwing a lot of things out here that I want to unpack here. Um, I, I think we can put the smoke fire to bed at the moment, but let's go ahead and touch on something else. You mentioned uh, Summit Kamado. And uh, so there has been some kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if you call it a refresh or rebrand or whatever. This was the Summit Charcoal Grill that was originally introduced. Is it going on like two years now? I mean, this was, uh, you know, a game changer of sorts because people, it was dual walled. It was you know, much bigger. It had a, a whole different, uh, I mean, it had a Weber essence and uh, aesthetic to it, but it was way different than your normal kettle that you would uh, have in your backyard. And it was uh, originally, I mean, I remember having you on the show and you're saying, hey, Greg, you know, this is not a Kamado cooker. This is not being brought to market to be a Kamado killer or a big green egg killer or anything like that. And we were talking about what made it different and unique and why it wasn't a Kamado cooker. And now we have Kamado in the name. So what happened? I think what's happened is we came out with it. It's a summit charcoal. And I think people looked at it like, is this a grill is it a kamado since so many people in the marketplace are they think kamado they think the the ceramic style cooking and so what we looked at is listening to consumers again and this is something that i love about weber is we constantly want to listen and want to learn and how to evolve our products and how to market them better and people are like well at the end of the day this it's it's a kamado and that's how they actually 
understood it. And so we rebranded it as a Kamado. And when you look at it, you said it the best, Greg, like I'm sitting here right now and I'm sitting with a double walled <laughs> tumbler right now. Right. And so when you look at the technology, you put a glass of, or you put a cup of coffee in a ceramic mug, it's going to stay warm for probably what, 10 minutes. You put it in a Yeti tumbler, it's going to stay cold for 45. And so that's the same technology that you're going to see built inside that Summit Kamado where what I appreciate is when you have a grill that I can go up to 600 degrees and I can drop down the 225 to 250 in a matter of 30 to 45 minutes, it gives me complete heat control. You don't get that when you get to some of the other cookers. And that's what I love about the Summit Kamado is it has a capacity. And I've got pictures back in 2015, 16 when I had mine and I got snow, about two inches of snow on the lid of my grill. And it says 225 degrees. And that's how well insulated that grill is. And so no matter right now, we've had minus 19 degree temperatures here in <laughs> Chicago, and we've got a boatload of cold weather. That grill holds heat. It lessens the amount of charcoal you use. And I absolutely love using that product just as much as my smoke fire. But that, you know, for us to rebrand it, to come out with the Summit Kamado, it makes more sense in the, in the marketplace because that's how people view those grills. And, you know, that's going to be a win for consumers and it's a win for Weber. So do you guys think that you were potentially losing sales having it as a Weber Summit charcoal grill instead of having the name Kamado in it? You think you're going to be gaining more uh, till hits? I don't think we were losing sales so much as we're bringing more awareness to the product and to the category. And that's, I think, something that we always want to try to focus on is how do we make our products more translatable to consumers? And so that's one of the ways that we can do that. And we do that with changing the name. We can do that with bringing more accessories. We can do that by bringing better features to a grill, bringing technology onto a grill. So we evolved the product, not just in terms of how we market it, but also the, the technology and features and benefits that we put on grills. Kevin Coleman joining me here on the show. Webergrill.com is the website, of course. So uh, if you're uh, just new to grilling and barbecue and you've never heard of Weber, go over to the website and familiarize yourself with everything. Otherwise, just see what's happening over there. Um, let's go ahead and uh, transition now into the latest news. As I was talking with Meathead last week, I had mentioned to him that it seemed uh, January and February brought successive press releases from Weber, which I don't remember the last time we had uh, two months in succession of press releases from you guys. So uh, the first one in January was the mention of the uh, purchase of June, uh, which is that uh, Weber Connect technology it brought it in-house. So I, I would assume it's functioning, or if I read it right, it was functioning still independently, but it's, you know, on, it's in the garage of Weber at this point. And then uh, earlier, uh, or last week, it was announced that these gas grills, are now going to have this Weber Connect technology. And this is going to be Genesis EX315, 335, and the SX335, and then the Spirit line, the SX315. So uh, I ask you to give us the Kevin Coleman pitch on <laughs> Weber-connected gas grills. I get... I mean, I, I we're already accustomed to some kind of connected pellet cooker, right? Green Mountain Grills has it, Traeger has it, Pit Boss has it, you name a pellet cooker. Uh, anybody who's anybody in the game right now, uh, Weber has it, uh, has some kind of uh, connected pellet cooker. But uh, I think I've only seen a couple smart gas grills, and they were like in the stratosphere price. I think it was like Lynx or you know somebody like that had one a number of years ago at an HPBA expo. So what is Weber Connect on gas grills? 
Well, we've, we've been for, so fortunate to partner and now have June part of the Weber family that when you look at bring, getting into a technology company and being able to impart that technology into our grills, we have found and we have seen that more people want technology. They want to be able to monitor grills. They want grilling to be easier. And that's what technology does. And when you familiar yourself, familiarize yourself with June, that has been an integral part of smoke fire, which I think has been part of the success of how well people are cooking on that grill. And that's going to translate into Genesis and into spirit. And so the fun part is you get from the beginner's guide to people just getting into grilling and we're finding more and more people being at home, more and more people cooking. Well, let's try to get them smarter grills. Let's get them so when they have that steak that they buy from their butcher or from their grocery store, we tell you how to probe something. We tell you when to put it on. We tell you when to flip it. We tell you when to take it off. And so we teach you how to grill. And more importantly, if you're really a good griller, then that technology is more important because we give you such a precise reading on things that all you need to do is just click the app, open it up, flip, turn, take it off, and you're ready to go. And so that's where technology makes your life so much easier when you're going to be grilling. And for us, it was a no-brainer because we saw how successful it was with smoke fire. Now we're just translating that into our gas grills. And so that's what's going to make grilling more accessible to people. It's going to make it easier to people. And for the most part, it's going to allow them to cook in their backyard. I mean, my daughter, both of my daughters, they're six and eight, Maddie and Kinsey, they love to cook with me, but they also have the Weber Connect app on their iPads. So it's kind of like dad being next to them, but dad's <laughs> not next to them because then they can cook by themselves and they can monitor it and tell me what to do, which is really fun. And so that's the other advantage of technology is it really brings the family together. And you know what, for, from, from a Weber standpoint, we've been in the backyard for 60 years. We've had the most important conversations uh, that families have had and our girls have listened to those and to be able to continue to do that for people and bring people together in the backyard and bring them closer together is important for us. And that Weber Connect is going to do that, not just in terms of cooking great food, but being connected with everybody. So uh, the press release says, uh, not to uh, be redundant in your explanation, but the Genesis and Spirit Smart give you synchronous grilling results. So through a digital display on the grill, outdoor cooks can tap into Weber's Connect technology uh, precision, accuracy, easy to use, visual dash. So is there like a screen on the grill itself? So the cool thing is you're going to find a screen on, on the side table that's going to directly you're directly look at it. It's got two probes. so You can probe your meat with it. It's got an ambient probe that's wired in that goes to the grill that actually will tell you the, the temperature of the grill. And so you're able to monitor the grill, monitor your food, and it's all going to be through your phone. And so instead of having to sit next to the grill, which at sometimes you want to get away from your family, you want to use that as the excuse, you can do that, but you can still monitor it from your phone. But the great part about it is it monitors it all for you. So it tells you when to flip, tells you when to take stuff off. Even if you're doing a brisket or ribs or shoulder, it will tell you when to wrap, when to check for doneness, how long it should rest. And so that's all the cool things that... I mean, between myself and my team, we've cooked over 900 different things, thicknesses, brisket, shoulder, anything you could think about, we've taken the data from and we've incorporated it into Weber Connect so that way people can mimic the same results and have great barbecue, and that's the important thing for us. Uh, you also have what they call grilling inspiration, so I would assume that there is some type of ongoing catalog that's being uploaded and or added to for recipes and uh, food ideas. 
So we're constantly looking at ways that we can make food better for people. So we're going to continually, and that's what I, that's what you have to love about technology is it allows us to add more to the app. It allows us more inspiration that we can put in front of people so we can design recipes. We can design more cook programs. The thing I love about the Weber Connect is it, allow, it allows us as a company to pursue grilling perfection faster than we've ever been able to do before. And that's exactly what you want for people that cook on your products. You want them to find that perfect barbecue. And so for us to be able to get the data back, to be able to have data that people can use, we're evolving this process faster for them and we're creating better barbecue for them, which the pursuit of excellence when it comes to barbecue is quicker and faster for us as a company. And that's exactly where we want to be. Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about and I guess it's more on the how. I, for as long as I've had gas grills, and by the way, there are a lot of people out there who have no problem taking a Cleveland steamer all over gas grills for some reason, but it ain't me, pal. I mean, I am gas grill through and through. I love it. I use it three or four times a week, ongoing. doesn't matter if it's 19 degrees above, below, or 79, whatever. It doesn't matter. I love gas grills. But, you know, there always is a propane level potential issue, which is why I always have an extra one at the ready, just in case I run out mid-cook. It says you can monitor the fuel uh, level right through this Weber connectivity. How the hell does it do that? So we have a a, a tank scale that's monitored through the Weber Connect app, and so it's able to check how much fuel you have in your tank. It'll basically tell you when you're getting close, and you'll see it, it's time to have a new tank ready or time to order a new tank, which is important. And that's all the pain points that when you look at from a consumer standpoint, it could be the pellets too. Like when you look at the smoke fire, it has a signal in there that when you're getting low, it'll tell you, it'll give you an error that's going to say, well, not an error, it's going to give you a message that's going to say, hey, you've got a low fuel, you need to add more. And so that's where when you look at people on cooking, we need to help them through those pain points so you don't end up like me headed down the soldier field cooking for a Bears game and all of a sudden you forget that you, for, you, you the tank that you had was only a two-pound and you need a 20-pound so you got to pull off and go to a Walgreens right off of Wabash to get more fuel for your grill. And so that's part of the cool stuff that we do for consumers is take those pain points away and make it easier for them. So there's LED lights, there's electronic ignition, there's the Weber Connect, there's the tank scale. And so all these cool things we incorporated in to make people's lives easier when it comes to grilling. And we know that more and more people are out in their backyards cooking. And so we have to be able to provide them better products to do that and have an easier time so they can continue to make those amazing memories in their backyard. And you know what? That's that's important to us, and it's important to people that use our products. All of the pellet cookers that have this kind of technology are units that you have to plug in. How is this powered? So it's powered. Well, we got a couple ways. So it's powered by six D batteries, or you can actually plug that in to a wall via. I can't remember off the top of my head the connection. Um, but it's powered very similar to the way you would plug an iPhone into your wall and that powers up the grill and so you're ready to go. So not a huge amount of power running off of it, but the D batteries give you about 26 to 30 hours of, of cook time on that grill, which is substantial, or you can plug it in and that will give you some power too. Now let's play I'm the old man on the lawn story here for a second. Because uh, Meathead did quite a, a good job of arguing for the continuance of technology. And look, I think we can all agree. 
uh, I'm the least likely to rail against technology. If you could see behind me and what's in front of me and how I do the show and how savvy I am, uh, I am a firm believer. You are, you are pretty savvy. I am big pretty savvy. Big big background. That's right. I'm in New York City, private jets, the whole thing. Um, however, like Meathead said, you know, gas grilling is tough and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is it? Like, can't you cook on your gas grill, whatever gas grill it is, eight times or ten times and pay attention eight times or ten times and learn your cook? Uh, <laughs> when I got into barbecue, people said, hey, take the time, whatever cooker you have, learn your cooker. And that way you can know how hot it's running and where it's hot and where it's cool. And you can flip this and flip that and the temperatures and I, I firmly believe in using thermometers at any and all points, uh, soul for safety versus all that push and bullshit and whatnot. But in this instance, are we creating a group of people that were passing off this, hey, this is technology, this is great, we're ramping up your learning curve thing, but we're really fostering a bunch of dolts who are only going to be reliant on something that tells them what you're literally breaking it down to. Hey, stupid, uh, flip the steak over now. Oh, take it off the thing now. I mean, we're breaking it down to the most simple things. So am I stuck in my old school ways or is this really uh, is this really a track that you as a company need to be on because it's not uh, backpedaling from this point? I, I think it's a combination of both. And, and you guys talked about it earlier in the segment when you look at Texas barbecue and some of my biggest mentors are from Texas. I've spent time with Aaron. I've spent time with Wayne Mueller at the, the Cathedral of Barbecue. I've spent time with John Brotherton at Brotherton's Black Iron. Russell Ragles in Houston, who's an amazing cook. I've spent time with Ronnie at Camp Brisket down in College Station. I've spent time at Style Switch and Valentina's. Um, spent time with Robert Lerma, who does a great job of bringing all of these people together. And that's the passing of the torch. Not everybody. I've spent time with Tuffy and Chris and Mo, like all these guys I've been fortunate to learn from. And that's part of the passing of the torch. Not everybody has that luxury. Meathead, I mean, he's close to me. He's a close friend of mine. Dave Raymond, Sweet Baby Ray, Deuce Raymond. I mean, I've, I've been able to spend time with a lot of great legends. You're dropping all everybody. the names you can possibly drop I, I, here. I mean, look I mean, at you. Go ahead. Know, but these are all. But these are all close friends of mine, but not everybody gets the luxury to work with them. I mean, even Dr. Phil Bass out of Idaho State, Dr. Sable down at Texas A&M, you've got Dr. Zerby out of Ohio State. Like these, these are meat scientists that we've been able to work through too. Not everybody gets that opportunity. So for Weber, we can take all that beautiful knowledge, the great things that people pass to us and give back to consumers so we can help them cook better. Are you going to be a Chris Lilly tomorrow? Absolutely not. But if we can make you feel like you're a world champion, like a Tuffy Stone or somebody else because the barbecue looks good and your family loves it, then why not try to help you, right? Like it's hard because you can go online and Harry Sue, I call him the barbecue Yoda. He's my Yoda. Like you you cook for three hours, you get one hour of viewing pleasure on YouTube. Like that's how you should run your life, but not everybody's like that. But if we as a company can help take that knowledge and expertise and put that in the program so people cook better, Greg, I mean, it's only going to make your show more popular, right? The more people that are cooking, the more people that are listening. And that's where, for us as a company, we want more people cooking, making memories in their backyards, 
making sure that we have that sanctuary that we call a backyard, the most inclusive, the most important place that we can cook food for our family and friends. And you know what, as long as we're doing that as a business, we're, we're good. We're always going to be good because that's the that's important thing for us. Kevin Coleman joining me here on the show. Kevin, kind of hold you over for uh, just a few more minutes while I do a little piece of business here. We can talk about uh, something hypothetically, and then we can talk about something new that might be coming out this year. Sure thing. All right, stand by. We're talking with Kevin Coleman from Weber. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Big Papa Smokers, known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit, and in the backyard, 13 overall perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. You can also check out their sauce that they own, Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to or you're tired of what's on the market, you want something different, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor will remind you of why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they're also selling the best cookers out there on the market today. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Sure you are. Check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Cooker. It's got a new refreshed version. Big Papa's is the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right, try the old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, you really can't go wrong with any of the cookers that Big Papa sells on the website. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and budget. Give them a call with questions, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We're back with more Kevin Coleman. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion brought to you by Smithfield. Head on over to Smokin, S-M-O-K-I-N, smokinwithsmithfield.com, and sign up for the Committed Cooks program. There were 30 spots left last week, so maybe that's evaporated over the course of the last seven days, but you should go over there and try nonetheless. You can also get tips and tricks from the aforementioned Chris Lilly and Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Charles Cridlin at smithfield.com. And we're rejoined by Weber's grill master, Kevin Coleman. All right, Kevin, so we're talking about the Weber Connect and uh, all of the things that it's going to help uh, from a technological standpoint. So let's uh, hypothetically talk about this gas grill that, when is it going to hit the market? The thermostatically controlled gas grill. I know that you have something akin to that in the house called an oven. And I don't know why, for whatever reason, we have not seen a thermostatically controlled gas grill to this point in 2020 with all the other technology that's available to us at this point. So what, like, what is the deal with that? How come there hasn't been one out there? And is there one on the horizon? I think what you're what you're seeing is the evolution of people cooking outside and people cooking. I mean, technology just is advancing so extremely quickly, right? When you see 
how Apple has evolved so quickly, smart ovens have evolved so quickly. I mean, you look at June and I can put food, like the cool thing about the June technology, you get a June oven, my daughters can take food out of the freezer, put it in the June oven, it tells them what it is and they can just hit a button and it actually cooks it for themselves and they don't have to do much. And so when you look at technology, it helps us evolve and it helps us cook faster, it cooks better. And so the more that we can incorporate that into what we're doing, the easier it's going to be for people to have barbecue accessible to them. And that's going to be important. And so do I see things like that coming sooner than later? Yes, because you're starting to see much, much more technology put into grills. And that's the great thing about Weber is we're constantly looking at how consumers use our products. We're constantly listening to them. And the more that we can listen to them, the more we can make barbecuing more easy, easily accessible and also easier for them to do, the faster we're going to be able to evolve as a business. And we've been able to do that with our growth so far. And we're going to hopefully be able to do that for another 60, 70, 80 plus years. So what's keeping a thermostatically controlled grill off, like out of the market? Is it that difficult to figure out? I don't, I don't think it's that difficult. I think it's just figuring out how to make that specific model because you have so many layers of technology built into all that stuff, right? And so you saw cars before didn't have a lot of technology. Now you start seeing more and more. It tells you when to get an oil change. tells you how long you can get on a tank of gas. It basically can almost self-drive itself. And so you're seeing the same type of stuff with grilling, just like what we're doing with you have guided grilling where you put a steak on, it tells you when to put it on, when to flip it, when to take it off, how long it's to rest. And so I think eventually you're gonna start seeing more and more into that. I just think we have to, as a, as, as a barbecue world, evolve quicker and faster. And you're starting to see that with more technology built into things. And so do I see that on the horizon? Yes, I see that. Um, is it going to make grilling more accessible to people? Yes. More importantly, we have to be able to make products and use that technology so they can actually benefit from that as opposed to just having technology to have technology. But it's not, I mean, it's not new technology. I mean, thermostatically controlled anything has been around for 100 years or something like that. I mean, th this isn't like we're uh, changing, like we're not making these self-driving cars like you're talking about where we haven't had that technology and we're literally on the cutting edge every day. Uh, I mean, this is something that's just been around and it just hasn't found its way to the i think if you get a thermostat <laughs> by the way i have no idea what i'm talking about but i'll just throw it out there. i think if you get a big words you're sounding really smart right now you. greg so I, I appreciate it i think if you throw a thermostatically controlled grill out there and you have your weber technology or connectivity for you know just to use weber for instance that kills the i mean that kills everybody else you cornered the market now you can go out and say okay turn that grill to 350 degrees and do this and then magically this burner turns on and magically this one shuts off. I don't have no idea how that shit works, but then you can get out there and literally tell people you're cooking on a grill, but it's really acting like a stove and it's technology. that's already out there. Is it just that hard to incorporate into a grill? Well, I think there's, there's a lot of dynamics when you talk about technology being incorporated into grilling because you have heat, you have meat, right? And that's the that's the changing thing is gasoline is pretty much the same. Car engines are pretty much the same. When you look at meat, it's an animal. And that animal is not the same every two years or six months or nine months when it's harvested. So that continues to evolve. And when you look at the weather outside, it, I mean, you know, you're in Cleveland, I'm in Chicago, the weather constantly changes, that changes things. And so there's a lot of variables that go into cooking 
and that when you're inside in an oven, I mean, it's perfect because you have really no variables, right? I mean, basically, it's just putting your food in. The temperatures aren't swinging because you don't have winds, you don't have cold, you don't have gusts, you don't have rain, you don't have anything else going on. And so all that stuff has to be built. And I think that's what you're starting to see more of being done. And I think when you can eventually get to a point where you can provide people a product that they're going to be able to use, and it's going to be able to provide them that constant ease of use like you would have inside of your oven, you're going to see more of that build. It's not a new technology by any means, but you also don't want to put out a product that you, you, you give people like, well, this is how it's supposed to work. And it doesn't live up to that expectation, right? And so that's part of, the, I think, the give and the take is making sure you've got a great product that people can use in their backyards, that the technology works, and that they're able to create amazing food. And it's not even a thought process of, oh, I forgot that this is even outside, right? Uh, Kevin Coleman joining me here on the show. Webergrills.com is the website, of course, and you can follow Kevin on social media. Anything new coming out this year, Kevin? Uh, well, you, you've talked about it. We've got the the Spirit and the Genesis coming out. We've got a brand new portable grill, our Weber Traveler, which fortunately enough for myself and my team, Dustin Green, Jason Pruitt, we were able to go down to Daytona and cook for Jimmy Johnson, um, seven-time world champion, one of the one of the great. And I've been able to – I've been working with a lot of fortunate people. I know. I'm just throwing them out. But, you know, when you, get, when, you get, when you get to live a great barbecue life like I've been able to do, you throw – stories out and to be able to cook for jimmy and his team 36 straight hours powered by our weber smoke fire i mean we powered that team we fueled them through barbecue it was amazing to be able to cook for jimmy cook for chase elliott cook for chip ganassi cook for jim i mean it was amazing to be able to do that at daytona which is one of the meccas of racing and be part of that conversation was awesome so the weber traveler we're coming out with i mean if you go to weber.com you can find awesome things like we've got this awesome yeti mug that we came out with we've got some i mean you talked about earlier i get custom gear but we've got a nice beautiful weber zip up that's coming out soon aprons and and a bunch of cool things so every like let's say two to three months we've got new stuff coming out which is awesome so you know we're trying we're trying to keep up and we're trying to to have fun and engage our consumers and just create this awesome vibe um about just cooking on one of the best grills that you're going to find out there and you know as long as we're doing that and uh enjoying life we're all going to be good i think all right uh this is kevin coleman he is weber's grill master webergrills.com the website of course weber uh is probably on most of our backyards if not all of our backyards so uh, i appreciate you uh, taking the extended time tonight kevin as always answering all the questions and we wish you continued success and until the next time my friend greg thank you so much for all that you do to barbecue. Thank you for everything that you do to support what we do as a, as a culture. It's not an easy job sometimes, but you make it look so good, probably because you look so good, but we appreciate it. Even though you're from Cleveland, you know, enjoy your time. Thank you again for having us up and having us on, and we look forward to being back on. All right, sounds good. There he is, Kevin Coleman from Weber. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. If you want to weigh in on that, I'm happy to have it. Dan weighing in. Batteries don't work so well at negative 8 degrees. Negative 8? That's a damn hot storm going on where you're at. Negative 8? Interesting talk about thermostatically controlled grills, of course. I do have it on uh, good authority that there is a grill manufacturer uh, 
China-based manufacturer, but uh, headquartered out of Toronto, I believe. That might be bringing a thermostatically controlled grill to the market, but I am not talking any more about that until we have them on the show. Potentially in the next couple weeks or so. I think you come out with that thermostatically controlled gas grill. You're going to win the live fire industry for quite some time. Everybody will be chasing you on that. And I'm excited to see how the connected gas grills work. Uh, by the way, am I getting a Weber connected gas grill? Is that is that happening? I forgot to ask him about that. Last year, I was going to be getting a smoke fire. That didn't happen. And that's fine. I have plenty of pellet cookers. However, I don't mind a connected gas grill. Kevin, if you're listening, still hit me up. All right, we're back to wrap the show. Stick around, and we'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, this portion brought to you by Vortic Watches. Vortic Watch Company, a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located in northern Colorado. They take unique American pocket watches, just like uh, this one right now, or there. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And turn them into unique wristwatches. Their mission, wow, that is not coming into focus, is it? How about that? All right. That worked. Their mission, preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing excellence in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create unique, quality, functional timepieces with exceptional value. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes is unique, one-of-a-kind. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. Check out VorticWatches.com for more information, by the way. If you follow them like me... And they're uh, selling one a week right now. I think they said by the end of March, they're hoping to uh, ramp up production and have one a day. But the one that they had for sale today, and that goes for sale at 2 p.m. Eastern, 12 Mountain. Uh, Most of us are on the Eastern time zone, I think, or at least that's how I operate. So if you want to get one, they sell out rapidly, like minutes They've done quite a, a marketing situation there. The timepiece they had today was absolutely exceptional, exquisite, beautiful. The list of adjectives goes on. It was sold in five minutes. And it was a homage and throwback and honor to one year ago they won their lawsuit against Hamilton Watch Company which is uh, owned by the Swatch Group, which owns 16 of the biggest watch brands in the world. And they persevered and won their lawsuit. Uh, They were almost cut out at the knees right in the beginning. And uh, they were able to persevere, and they were ruled in favor of, so Vortec uh, was able to continue on. Pretty awesome. So... Make sure that if you're in the market for that kind of a watch, that you sign up for the newsletter and that you just show up around 2 p.m. Eastern or 12 Mountain 
as those watches go on. If it's something that you like and it's available, don't wait for even one second. Purchase immediately because in minutes it will be gone. There's no doubt about it. All right, let's go ahead and make tracks out of here all the way back in the first hour. We talked with Stephen Reichlin from Barbecue Bible. Then we talked with first-time guest Dr. Robert Moss. RobertFMoss.com is his website. First-timer. And then in the second hour, we had extended conversation with Weber's Grillmaster, Kevin Coleman! Talking about Smokefire, talking about the rebrand of the Weber Summit Kamado and the new connected gas grills on the Genesis and Summit line and uh, hypothesizing about the potential of thermostatically controlled gas grills. They have a new Weber Traveler coming out, a portable grill. Big show planned for you next week. It is the fourth Tuesday. So we have a visit from Derek Riches coming up. We also have the embedded correspondence segment coming up amongst other ITs. So stay tuned for that. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud US America. What? Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud US American. Greg Rempe. Good night now. the cookout coach and you're listening to the barbecue central show